Jesus in my heart And I'm so happy, very happy I've got the love of Jesus in my heart I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart Down in my heart, down in my heart I've got the peace that passes understanding down in my heart down in my heart today And I'm so happy So very happy Oh, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart Oh, I'm so happy So very happy Oh, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart I've got the joy, 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 joy Down in my heart down in my heart, oh, down in my heart, got the joy, 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 down in my heart, down in my heart today, and I'm so happy, very happy, oh, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart, I'm so happy, very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. One more time. Happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Oh, I'm so happy, very happy. Oh, I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Amen. I hope you've got that love deep in your hearts today. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the service this morning. Man, we're just going to give it our all. Amen. And just lift our Savior up. Man, give Him the glory He deserves. Amen. Let's sing the song, I have found the way that leads to endless day. I have found the way that leads to endless day. Yonder in the glory land. Oh, and the way is bright. Is life, and I hold God in hand. Oh, I have found the way. Yes, I have found the way. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Oh, I. is so near, I will bravely meet the foe, happy songs I'll sing in honor of the King, and to glory onward go, oh, I have found the way, oh, I have found the way, oh, glory, hallelujah. Yes, I found the way to the journey's end, led by a faithful friend, evermore in sin to roam. Oh, by the way called straight, I'll reach the golden gate of the soul's eternal home. Yes, I have found the way. 
inside have found the way. Oh, I have found that way that leads to in the state yonder in the glory land. Oh, and the road is bright. Oh, Jesus is alive. And I hold his guiding hand. Oh, I have found the way. Yes, I have found the way. This I have found the way. Sing the wondrous love. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansion, riding. on the right key right there, brother. <laughs> I put you in the wrong key. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will over spread the sky. But when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. Oh, when the old get to Just one glimpse of Him in glory Will those doors of life repay Oh, when we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that'll be And when we all see Jesus We'll sing and shout the victory Oh, 
shout the victory. Amen. Let's praise Him with our hands this morning. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we try that song, Brother Keith, you suggested it. Keep on the firing line. Amen. That's a good one. Amen. My heart's just bubbling over this morning. This is what we do, friends. This is how we praise God. Well, if you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on firing line. Well, now if you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. And there are many dangers that we all must face. And if we die fighting, it is no Service, you will find no place. Just keep on the firing line. Well, you must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you're for God in the right, just keep on the firing line. Well, now God will only. to take our needs to the Lord. Amen. It's just wonderful to praise Him and 
Amen. It just lifts our spirits. I pray that as we sing and worship today, what we have here will just carry on through the week. Amen. It would just meet us the next time we were here. Amen. And if you're watching out in internet land, I pray that what you see here, what you hear here, would spill over to where you are. Amen. That's our heart's desire. Amen. Just to just to be a blessing. Amen. Let's sing that song. <clears throat> oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. Amen. Just now as we just get our hearts in the right mode here, just to take these needs to the Lord. Amen. Oh Lord, you're beautiful. And your face is all I Nothing I 
pray that softly. Just take these special needs to the Lord. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother John Cockman if he would make his way to the front and he can take these needs in for us. I want to remember Brother Brother Aaron and his family. They're um, they're going to be traveling to Africa today, so that's a, a long flight, dangerous journey. Man, we just want to make sure that we keep them in our prayers. safely back to our assembly and that you would be a blessing while he's over. Brother Aaron If you would remember the drum family in your prayers today, uh, they have some, Brother Joseph has some tests upcoming. He has to isolate for those, so if you'll keep him in your prayers. Also, I have a special need for Sister Mary Smith. A man having some, uh, I think she's having some dental issues and uh, I'm sure that's very painful, so if you could keep her in your prayers. Please remember uh, Sister Sherry Holly, my aunt, uh, in your prayers. She's long road of recovery and all that she's been through. If you would just lift her up in prayer. I know she would love to be here. She's probably watching now. Man, just want her to know that we love her and that we're praying for her. Amen. want to remember the Paschal family. If they're not with us. And uh, Sister Tracy Rabin, there's a special need unspoken for her. Uh, also, uh, if you'd keep Brother Tim Ashlong in your prayers, um, I don't see him with us today. And Sister Sarah Buchanan, uh, special unspoken need as well. And if you would, uh, if you would just lift your hands, if you have a need on your heart, Amen. That's unspoken. God knows it; He sees it. Amen. As we pray, we'll just be praying with you on that. Thank you. Let's bow our heads, Heavenly Father. Lord, you are our Father, and we come to you with these needs that Brother Jaron has spoken before the pulpit here or before this congregation of believers. And Lord Jesus, we just bend our eyes to you now as a group. We just lift our hands. Lord Jesus, we bring this before your throne. Lord God, when you came down as a man and walked upon this earth, Lord, you shared in our infirmities. But Lord, something special happened when those when those strings and barbs of that whip of the Roman soldier splayed across your back, put those stripes upon you that'll last for eternity. Lord God, at that moment, Lord Jesus reached your lowest point of pain and suffering, and you shared in the pain and suffering that we experience in our human condition, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we know that we share that bond with you. And when you look down and and we see those stripes upon your shoulders that you took for us, Lord God, we know that you are able to reach down now and touch us with an empathy that goes beyond time, Lord Jesus, that goes beyond our experience. Lord God, we put all of these requests into your hands. Lord, Sister Smith, Brother Aaron going over to Africa, Brother Joe, all these names that were mentioned. Every hand that was raised, Lord God, we know in our hearts what we're going through. Nobody knows but we, nobody knows but you. Lord God, come and commune with us and begin to ease our infirmities, begin to heal our pains, heal our troubles. Let us cast it upon you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, We ask that every spirit that would be here that would hinder, Lord Jesus, every spirit of infirmity, 
every demon that might be able to move, Lord Jesus, that you would put it under your power, under your control for the rest of the service, Lord, and that healing would take place, that spiritual healing, physical healing would take place in our midst this morning, Lord Jesus, as the word begins to fall. All this we ask in the name of the lovely Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats. Had a little song on my heart. I thought we could sing it together as a congregation. Your grace still amazes me. I think we did it in the key of G. If I'm wrong, you can correct me, brother. My, my faithful father
I know you all know this song, so sing it along with me. soul in sad exile was out on life sea so burdened with sin and distress till I heard a sweet voice saying make me Then I enter the haven of rest. Sing it with me. Oh, 
love this verse. How precious the thought that we all may recline like John the Beloved and blessed on Jesus strong. it is to know that your soul is anchored in Christ. Hallelujah. I love those old songs that are seem to be written by people from sailing backgrounds. Amen. And what a powerful thing it is to know that when you drop that anchor, man, it found something solid. You're not going to be blown away by some tempest storm. Amen. Amen. Why don't our deacons come forward this time? We'll take our offering. Man, and you... Feel free to give as unto the Lord, amen, knowing that your tithes, your offerings go to further God's kingdom. Amen. Brother Mike Pritchard, if you lead us in prayer, sir.
like to sing that song, Worthy is the Lamb Seated on the Throne. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. Bearing all my sin and shame, in love you came, gave amazing
You may be seated just for a moment. You folks, hang on. We're going to play and sing that again. We welcome all of you to the house of the Lord this morning. It's certainly an honor to be with you today and uh, appreciate you folks coming. I really wasn't sure who was going to be here uh, today. And uh, we have a number of folks, about half the church uh, are sick and uh, some have tested positive with the COVID virus. Uh, Some have some other issues that are going on. And uh, we certainly been quite a week uh, in ministering to all those folks and uh, staying in contact, but uh, by God's grace, most of them are doing well, and uh, we would uh, certainly ask you to continue to remember them in prayer, uh, because there, uh, some folks uh, have had a difficult time, especially early in the week. Um, so we w- wanted to mention, and John, I didn't know, if I, I didn't hear when you were praying, but uh, Lorian and uh, Arwen are traveling uh, back today. They're coming back to North America. Uh, they're in flight. Okay, so we want to remember them in prayer, come back from Europe. Um, also, too, I just wanted to mention that uh, we are full in the men's meeting. Uh, registration is, uh, the link is not there, right? The link is not there. So if uh, we often have cancellation, so we are doing a waiting list. And if somebody wants to be on that waiting list, and we already have some people who are uh, heading that way, then uh, they should write email to Brother Keith and put waiting list in the subject line, and uh, that way he'll get it, and we'll, we have a, uh, a list prepared for them. So uh, August the 5th coming up uh, is Josh Godwin's birthday. There he is. Josh, God bless you. We, uh, we appreciate you very much. It's amazing that we're announcing birthdays for August already. I'm still in spring in my thinking, you know, and it's just amazing. Here we are in August. Uh, August 6th is uh, Brother Daniel's birthday. He's not here. Today he's traveling, right? And uh, Brother Daniel's just got a, a recent promotion. He's uh, uh, moved up in uh, GE, right? And uh, got quite a position. And so he's traveling for training uh, this week. And uh, also Sister Liddy Ivy's birthday as well. Uh, she's not there. She was here Wednesday night. And uh, missed. Uh, we missed them this weekend. Uh, but uh, it's her birthday as well on the 6th of August. Uh, <clears throat> just want to say that uh, we were going to have two services uh, today uh, on this Sunday, just, just to have two uh, and um, we, um, because of the amount of people that were uh, sick, and we had two events, two separate events uh, last weekend, plus our service, uh, it seemed to be a, kind of a trigger for uh, some of the virus that was spread, and so I thought we'd just go to one service. Well, uh, I didn't realize, that, but Brother Matt was in town, Matt Watkins in town, and uh, he was visiting with his grandparents. His grandmother is not doing very well. And so uh, he was going to be in town anyway, so I snagged him to come this morning, and I was going to take tonight's service. And so uh, I'll uh, instead, I'll take Wednesday night service. How's that? And uh, well, I thought we'd just have Brother Matt come on, because Brother Matt's always a blessing. And um, he's, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly or not, but I, I, I don't believe in proselyting at all, except for Matt and his family. <laughs> He's the only guy I've ever considered, you know, making a, an offer, you know, like new car or whatever else. But uh, we're still working out the terms. Let's put it that way. Uh, 
His father will get all over my case. That's the problem. So, and I don't blame him for that. Uh, so we're glad to have uh, Brother Matt here today, and uh, I, I know he's going to take part two from the last last time that he was here. Now we have some visitors here today, right? Strangers, strange, strangers, Cockman boys, aren't you? Good to have you back. We missed you. Believe it or not, we missed you. Good to have you here today. Let's stand to our feet, and uh, Brother Michael, God bless you. Good to have you with us today, and uh, let's sing this again, and uh, just such a nice atmosphere, a nice spirit this morning. I came out of the office, and um, just trust that the Lord will speak to us today. I, this is the way I, I feel today. It's, it's personal. This is the way I feel. That we got nothing better to do today than to be here, to gather around the throne and just to learn and grow and be challenged by the Word of God. And you should, because you're half of the gift, you should just be sitting there now and saying, Lord, move that minister this way for me. I've got a need, I've got a question, I've got a problem, and God's able to do that because He loves you and He cares about you, and uh, you should do that this morning, just in, in the quietness and the in the atmosphere that we're in and just just cast your cares upon him make your questions known to him and uh, God is a he's a dissolver of doubts he's a healer but Tim he's a healer he's he's a deliverer he has an answer for everything you can go through let's sing it today and we're going to turn it to brother man worthy Forgiveness and He's worthy. Amen of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Certainly a privilege to be back here with you. And that was just uh, about a month and a half ago we were here. And uh, so it just worked out so perfect for Brother Barry uh, to have me and proselyte me like this and be here. And uh, you might want to clip that part out on the archive because if my dad sees that, then... uh, 
maybe some assassins in Hickory. <laughs> uh, well, we've certainly reflect the, the feeling. Uh, it's always just su- such a, um, I feel like I'm home, amen, with this group of people, with the church here and the, the families and the believers here has always just made me feel so welcome. So we love being here. I'm so glad the Lord Jesus is here. Amen. He's our, he's our, he's the real guest amongst us. Amen. Did you come to worship him this morning? Amen. To enter in. Amen. So we just want you to turn to Romans chapter seven. If you have your Bible, we'll go straight there. Amen. Romans chapter seven. Amen. Have Zoe, my youngest uh, daughter with me here today. We were just here visiting with uh, the rest of our family was here uh, visiting my family and my grandpa and my grandma here specifically. And so you keep them in prayer. Keep my grandma in prayer, Sister Linda Tester. Amen. That the Lord just brings full healing and restoration to her. Amen. I know that he's a healer. We believe that. Amen. And so we just want to we want to take this thought that we ministered this last time we were here on June, I think it was June 5th, if I looked at the date right. And so I actually have ministered this in four, maybe five parts. And uh, the Lord just recently, I just ministered here just last Wednesday at home. And He just is brewing this on my heart to continue. And so I just feel like I've, I've, I'm obeying the Lord. And so I just trust that you'll receive something that will be beneficial to you. And so we have this service here today, and we just want to um, say what the Lord wants us to say, and only that, and not uh, go into overtime and double overtime. And tri- I know there's no service tonight, but I'm not going to just preach through tonight. <laughs> and so uh, we have one, we just want to be studious and just say what the Lord wants us to say. I've sent the brothers four PowerPoints, four so um, I said this last time, I'll say it again. Does this church believe in miracles? I hope you all believe in miracles. <laughs> Amen. No, I, I won't keep you too long. I just want to say what the Lord has me to say. Amen. And just leave it there. Being changed. I'm going to title this again, Being Changed. Let's look at Romans chapter 7. I better get there in my Bible. Romans chapter 7. And we'll just uh, read just a portion of this and then have you be seated Romans chapter 7, and I think we're going to begin reading at verse 17. Let's let's start at verse 18. And I'm going to spend just a little bit of time. I'm going to read some of the quotes that we read last time, uh, but not all of them. So I'll be jumping uh, from one PowerPoint to the next. But we just want to uh, begin here with this first one. Romans chapter 17. And I'll say this again when you read Romans chapter 7, verse 18. When you read this... You understand when the Apostle Paul begins to speak here, as we said last time, he's almost explaining this as if you've picked up a diary of the Apostle Paul and you stumbled upon it, you read it. He was almost expressing, almost thinking out loud his thoughts. Now, I'm not teaching that that's what he was doing here. But in the way that Paul's way of writing, the way he writes this, you're going to pick up on that he's speaking about the complexity that is a believer. Because who you are is not who we see. That's not all who you are. There's a part of you that we can see. It's a part of your wife uh, to a husband. She can see a part of him. The husband can see a part of that woman. Uh, the pastor can see a part of the people. The people can see a part of the pastor and vice versa. 
But there's parts of you that are deeper or greater than just what we see. And so over this will help you to overcome the enemy because the enemy also understands that there's more to you than just your five senses. But there's an entire other complexity to you. But the real you is down on the inside of the inside. So Paul is going to begin to explain this. And let's look at Romans chapter 7. Let's look at verse 18. For I know that in me, now notice the distinction, that is in my flesh. So that's who we're talking about here. In me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. How many can say amen to that? For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, what part of me are we talking about? We know that as a born-again believer, sin doesn't dwell in the innermost being, but the prophet teaches us in future home, the snake nature has been removed And it's been replaced with the dove, the lamb, right? And so he says, what changes when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The man in the control room. And he gives us the type of the ship, the great, the great ship that he says, but down inside that great ship is just one man in a little room. And he's the one pushing the buttons and he's the one pulling the levers. And so when you receive the Holy Ghost, Satan has been removed from the throne of your heart. And now he's moved to a position of influence. And you're still subject to those influences, whether you're born of the Spirit of God or not. Right. So let's look here. He says in verse 19, For the good that I would do, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Verse 20, Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. When is it present with me? Always. Remember the prophet of God, and I don't want to keep you standing too long, but I just want to lay this foundation. Remember the prophet says, I would have served the Lord years before I, 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 I gave my heart to the Lord, but I would have came to him earlier, but a spirit hung over me that prevented me. Yeah. You remember that, where Brother Branham talks about that. So there was something there in his early days, in his youth, that prevented him and always tried to hinder him from being influenced in his soul. And now he answers the same question and he is asked about an angel. And Brother Brandon begins to talk about how that when the baby's born, there's an angel there waiting to receive that life. He's asked about guardian angels. And he says, is that a myth? No, that's absolutely real. The Bible says the angels of the Lord is surround those that fear him. Remember the servant of Elisha, open his eyes, Lord, for they that are with us are more than they be with them. So they're surrounded, the Lord of hosts. You know what that word host means? It means the God of angel armies. So surrounded a believer is demon spirits that are trying to influence him and angelic spirits that are trying to influence him. Let's keep reading, then I'll have you be seated. For the good that I... Let's read verse 21. I find that a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring. There's the key word. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. Lord, we just bow our heads here before you, knowing, God, that you're in control of all things. 
Lord, I surrender now, just now, to you. I pray, Lord, that each one that is here present, those that couldn't be, Father, maybe sick or, Lord, COVID, whatever the sickness is, Lord God, may you be, even now, Lord, may angels minister unto them, Lord. Father, may you heal their bodies, Lord, and may your word be able to be received in that good ground, Lord, that bringeth forth fruit. Grant it, Lord, I pray, to this church, to each one that's here, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Brother Branham answers this question here in questions and answers. He's asked this, Romans seven fourteen through 18, and they quote this entire scripture. And at the very bottom of your screen, here's his question. This I cannot understand. Now, let me kind of polish it up, as you can see. In me is two persons. One wants me to do wrong. The other wants me to do, and he's going to say right. And every time I start to do right, then the wrong hinders me. How many of you people on the interview this morning, uh, this afternoon, has run that same thing? It's incredible that he gives us this insight that we don't have in private interviews because they're not on the tape. They're private. You're not going to ever know what was in those rooms. But the prophet lets us know that what's on the heart of some of the people that afternoon was this two persons. One that wants me to do right. One that wants me to do wrong. And every time I want to do right, the wrong hinders me. Let's go through it. He says, uh, uh, Brother Branham says here, let me just kind of polish up. How many people in the interviews this morning has run in that same thing? We are carnal and that part must perish. But then inside, we are spirit man, soul, inside. And that's faith in God's word. Then we bring our outside body under subjection to the word by faith, by accepting what God said. How can I take a cockleburr and make a grain of wheat out of it? It's impossible for me to do it. The only way it can be is because inside that cockleburr has been transmitted from a cockleburr to a germ called wheat life. Then you bury that cockleburr and it'll produce a grain of wheat. That's right. He says, uh, he says because there has been a life of wheat put in the cockleburr, And the life of the cockleburr has been taken out, but the nature of the cockleburr is still sticky. And it will be until this new life has been fully developed out of the ground and raised up again. So how long will I have to deal with this rotten flesh that is always contrary to the law of God? Every time I want to do good, it's always there to block me. It's what gives me all my trouble. It's what, it's my greatest enemy. It's what prevents me. It's what hinders me. I've got a soul inside of me that wants to live pleasing to the Lord, but I've got this sticky nature that is always, I'm always in a constant battle with, and I, enter, and I know I'm going to be free of it one day. How am I going to be free? When will I be free of this? Brother Branham says, until this new life has fully been developed. What does that tell you? That tells you what's taking place right now as sons and daughters of God. You're being developed. Right? We're preaching on being changed. Let me just make a statement, and it's going to sound paradoxical because it is. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the true new birth inside of a person's soul, changes everything. The Bible says you're the old creature is dead. Behold, all things have become new. So the Holy Ghost, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it changes everything. But it doesn't change everything. 
Hello? Y'all awake this morning? It changes everything. But it doesn't change everything. You say, is it going to? Yeah, one day it'll change everything. One day it'll change everything. But until then, there's a part of you that has changed entirely, but there's still a complex part of you that is always there to hinder you and to stop you and to prevent you and to attack you and to lie to you and to deceive you. It's always trying to whisper in your ear and hinder you and create doubt. When, Brother Matt, are you talking about a born-again believer? That's the only one I'm talking about right now. It will always try to hinder or prevent that life from being developed. So you say, when will I? Listen to what Brother Brother Branham says, if I could keep my clicker. He says, when it comes forth, then it's no more. Cocklebert, he's talking about when you're raised, when when the body's raised into newness of life at the resurrection. He's not talking about when you're born of the Spirit again. Look at it. He says, it's been fully developed out of the ground and raised up again. When it comes forth, then it's no more cockleburr, but wheat. But while it's here on earth. How many of y'all are still here on earth? So unless you're not here and we're just seeing a, your theophany this morning. Brother Brandon says, but while it's here on earth, out of the earth, and a cockleburr, It's still sticky, but it's got the nature on the inside of it of wheat. That's why you believe the word. That's why you love the word. That's why you say amen to the word. That's why you're here this morning. Because there's been a change down inside of you, but there's a part of you that's being changed. Let me say this out of necessity. You must be changed. You must continually be changed. You cannot stop. You cannot pause. I don't care how far you've served the Lord and how how far you're you're down the road. There's got to be a constant emptying out and refilling. There's got to be a constant desire from a believer. Say, Lord, uh, wash me once again. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my spirit. Cleanse my thoughts. Uh, Temper my spirit. Temper my attitude. I believe this is the desire of a believer to say, Lord, I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me, but I I still need to be changed daily, Lord. Correct my thoughts that are incorrect. What thoughts are those? The ones that don't line up with this. Let me be in sync. Oh, how many believers want that here today? To say, Lord, let my thought life be in sync and in harmony with the Word. It's got the nature on the inside of wheat. As long as you're in this life, you're going to be sticky and have a carnal nature that's going to bother you as long as you live. When will it stop bothering me, Brother Matt? When you turn 18. For the second time. Then it'll be gone. Some of y'all say, Brother Matt, I've not even turned 18 yet. You will one day. 18, 19, somewhere in there. And that new nature, that, that, that old nature, that carnal nature will be gone. And you'll have no more, there will be no more bother. Remember what Brother Branham says in the millennium, what, what, Satan will be bound by what? A chain of circumstance. Why? Because he has nobody to work through. 
He has nobody he can infiltrate. Right now, he has, listen to me friends, right now, he can buffet you. He could get, he could get you down. Believers born of the Spirit of God. He can cause depression, oppression in your life, attack you with a demon spirit, influence you to do the wrong thing, to say the wrong thing, to think the wrong thing. And he says, that's the thing. Somebody, now this is, this is, Brother Branham sort of moving here into a different spot where he talks about the Indian chief. And he says, which one wins, chief? He says, whichever one I feed the most. You remember that testimony he gives. He says, there's two dogs. I've been, he says, how you doing after he received the Holy Ghost? Brother Branham says, well, how you doing? Well, some good and some bad. Some good and some bad. Well, what do you mean by some good and some bad, chief? Well, you see, ever since chief gave his heart to the Lord, there's been two dogs at me, and they fight and growl at each other and, and, and snarl at each other and said they're always in a war, one with the other. Well, which one wins, chief? Well, whichever one chief feeds the most. Isn't it amazing how we so overcomplicate living a Christian life, and it's really so simple. Which one wins? The one you feed the most. Listen to what Brother Adam says. If you could put up the, uh, the second PowerPoint there. Let me make sure I give you the right one. We have, have the brothers just going to switch back and forth. should be called Changed Sub. Changed Sub. Yep, that's it. Thank you, brother. Listen to what Brother Branham says here in the message, He careth for you in Phoenix. So uh, he says, so if man, he was made... To want to be comforted. So then if he doesn't accept God's way, listen to this very closely. He says, if he doesn't accept God's way, then he'll take away for himself. And he'll try to substitute something to take the place of that Holy Spirit. Oh, I want you to listen. A man or a woman that will not accept the Holy Spirit, the comforter, will try to comfort themselves with some violent substitute that Satan will present to them. So a man's made, notice how he starts this quote, he's made, at the very beginning, a man is made to want to be comforted. Tell he's made. He's made and born with a void inside of his heart, and that void of necessity needs to be filled. And Brother Branham says, so if he doesn't take God's comforter, the Holy Spirit, He'll try to comfort himself with some violent substitute that Satan will present to them. Satan's just got plenty of substitutes. I grew up with one of a family member of mine. I'm going to be careful how I say this, but for years, I, 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 as maybe from the time I was just a little boy all the way till the time I was maybe ten or eleven years old, it was my best friend, just close, close, close bosom friend. Did everything with him. And, and, and lost contact, complete communication, uh, fr- from him. And, and we moved away. And then my life went one way. His wife, his life went another way. And, and, and I had always for years, being so close to him growing up, had always for years had wondered, you know, whatever happened to him and, and had never had lost contact, never knew where his life went, didn't even know, you know, anything about him. And, had thought many years about trying to make contact and to reach out. Now I go, I'm talking from the time I was 10 all the way through my teenage years, get married, have a family. And there would be maybe every, every five or six years or so, he'd come on my mind and I'd wonder about him and try to go on Facebook and look him up, never could find him, try to go and, you know, as you do to search for somebody, never could, ne- never really could find anything about him, just out of curiosity. And, and it was just recently, maybe about a few months ago, 
He reached out. And it was a plea. It was a cry for help. It was a plea to say, I, I, I need to speak to Matthew. And, and it was just a cry. It was, it was a, a person from the, you could tell just from the, 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 the communication. It was desperation. And so the Lord worked it out to where I could communicate with him and I got his number and we begin to speak and just begin to catch up and we begin to reminisce about life and little boys and now where's my life and where his life and I'm talking to him and it's all really superficial and just really not superficial but nothing, you know, of, of I knew there was a greater need that he was communicating with me. And he starts to tell me about his life, how that, you know, as, as far as earthly standards, he's done well for himself. And, and he's got a great career. He makes good money. He's very disciplined type of person, uh, exercises and he's, he's disciplined in himself. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's basically he didn't say this, but it was, it was a, a, the perfect portrait of a person who's, who's conquered themselves in every part they could conquer with life. And he's been successful. He's, he's, he's exercises every morning and he stays, he's disciplined in himself. But but then he at the moment in the conversation he just begins to break down and begins to bawl and just begins to just you could tell just from the innermost part of his being I could hear it the sorrow and the the the, the anxiety coming from his voice and he just begins to break down and cry and he starts explaining to me how that in his life there's a part of him that even though he's conquered so much of himself but he's 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 addicted to alcohol. And how that his life is going the wrong way and, and it's destroying him and it's going to destroy his career and it's going to destroy his family. And he was so perplexed, so perplexed of how, how could I, could I have such determination? How can I have such discipline in my life? And how can I control my life and I've got everything in order and I've got everything under control but I can't control this. And I've lost control and I have no ability to conquer this. And it's defeating me and it's conquering me and, and it's got me. And he just begins to weep and, and say, if I don't, if something doesn't happen for me, I'm, it's going to ruin my life. It's going to destroy me. It's going to, it's going to take everything from me. And I can just hear it in his voice. And I begin to tell him, and, I, and, I, and a lot of this, what we're reading here today, Brother Branham says, if you, a man's made to want to be comforted, and if he doesn't accept the Holy Spirit, which is God's comforter, he'll take some violent substitute that Satan will present him. Listen, Satan's just got plenty of substitutes. But why do we have to substitute when the Pentecostal skies are full of the real? Why would I eat from a garbage can when a clean table setting full of choicey food? There would be something mentally wrong with me if I did that. Now, what a pity it is to see a man that will try to substitute something to take that place. Sometimes he'll try to ease his conscience by going out. And I, I begin to explain to him, I said, you have to understand that you're born with a nature. You're born a slave. You're not born free. You're born a slave. You're born with a master. And until you are freed as a slave, 
Until there's, until something uh, changes inside of you, no matter how much you've conquered yourself, you'll find you're always going to be conquered. I don't care how much determination, gritted teeth, and iron will that you have in life. When you lay your head on your pillow at night, there will always be a part of you that is a void, and there's only one person that can fill that void. And you'll fight it. You'll try Alcoholics Anonymous. Great, great. Glad we got them for people who don't have the Lord. And we got great methods. You can try psychologists. You can try, you can try determination. You can try to get around different friends. You can try all these things. And if, and if you could be set free that way, wonderful. But even if you're set free from that, there's still a nature inside of you that you'll always be a slave to. And you'll never conquer. And he says he'll try to ease his conscience by going out. Now, just for instance, for this psychology part of it, psychiatric. Now listen how Brother Brandon begins to get into this, into the mind. Because remember, there's more to you than what you see in the mirror. And God knows this and the devil knows this. But do we know this? He says, for instance, the psychology of the psychiatric. Now, let's just notice for a moment the psychic view. Here's the picture of Christ and an electric fan. It depends on which one I look at. See, if my emotions is moved this way or my emotions is moved that way, if I look at that and long for that and desire that, my motion is set towards the fan. But if I look this way, my emotions is, and my desire is set that way. That's the reason Jesus said, Whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her, committed adultery with her already in his heart. Notice, it's where your emotions is set, where your thoughts is. So you're made up of your see, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you feel, what you smell. But you're also made up of your memory, your conscience, your reasoning, your imaginations, your affections. And Brother Branham goes in in the greatest battle ever fought. And he says, that's what's wrong with so many blowed up Christians. And he says, you take a boiler and that boiler's got a flu. It's got a way for exhaust. And he says, but let that boiler exhaust, that flu become clogged up. And he says that that boiler will build pressure and more pressure and more pressure. And then eventually... Poof, it blows up. And the prophet says, that's what's wrong with so many blowed up Christians. We're talking about believers. We're talking about those that are born of the Spirit of God. He says, they never clean out the channels. Memory, conscience, reasoning. That's what, go, re, go, go listen to greatest battle. The memory, conscience, reason, imagination, affections. And he says, they never clean out those channels. They, ne- they, they, they think there's only, they're only one dimensional when they're not. And inside of that spirit, you can ingest all kinds of diseases. As we said, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a natural disease of COVID that killed a lot of people, made a lot of people sick, got a lot of people sick today. But, you know, going with that, you may have never feared, you may have never gotten COVID or became deathly sick or deathly ill. But the spirit of fear that you could ingest with that could have done more damage to you than the COVID disease ever did. And so you get, you, you, you follow me, you see what I'm saying here. So inside of you is more than you than what you see. And Brother Branham says inside of you, it depends on which way your emotions is 
set, which way your thoughts is. If you went into a doctor's office, let me make sure good, it's just a blank there. If you went into a doctor's office and told him you were sick and told him your symptoms and he was in a hurry, he would probably give you some a little prescription with some anesthetic in it, some sort of aspirin. Notice, the doctor is merely trying to get rid of you just at that time because he hasn't time. This is sadly how we treat a lot of people. We give them the gospel and we never diagnose the case. Well, you just need to be born again. Well, you just need the Holy Ghost. Well, that's really cliche-ish. And there's more to you. Listen to what Brother Random says here. A real, and that may be, that may be the case. That may be the problem. That may be the hang-up. That may be the hold-up. But he says, a real good doctor, before he give you the medicine, would diagnose that case thoroughly till he found out what was wrong, then give you the medicine. And sometimes we find people going through these prayer lines across the nation, and they just run up and think that the Lord ought to heal them right then. But there's something maybe down in there, and we set before the Lord until he reveals it, what, what, what that is. There is something, and here's the key, there's a reason for everything. There's a reason for everything. And you've got to find the reason first, and then you can find what to work on. There's a reason for everything. Then you can find what to work on. Why? What's the matter? You had to open the channel first. You've got to get the soldier, the Holy Spirit, placed at the battlefront. That takes God's word. He's the word. And he stands there. There's something. He says, there's nothing going to stop it. There's nothing. Every one of them other channels is cleared out. Just like the old boiler with the flue stopped up. You put a fire to blow the thing up. That's what's the matter with so many blowed up Christians. Because they don't clean out the channels. They don't go down to the inside. You've got to clean conscience, memory, thoughts. Laying aside everything. And coming from the inside out with that unadulterated Word of God, I'm afraid we have settled, we have stopped and settled that we've been born again and our nature has been changed and the the devil has sold us that that's all that the Lord can do or wants to do for you and we've settled and stopped and there's so much more change that God wants to do in your life. <clears throat> I've taken these last two Sundays. We have a son, adult Sunday school at home, and I've taken two just recently here, and just talked about Satan's devices and how that the, the tactics that the devil uses uh, are not from externally, but they're a lot of times internally. Is his? Remember, Brother Branham says that in this message. That's his approach. Is from the inside out. And God wants to change every, the Lord wants to change and heal every part of you. Remember Brother Branham talks about, he talks about how that that woman, and I didn't have it in this quote here. I I had it in the last PowerPoint. We didn't read it. I'll just, I'll just go through it. Brother Branham begins to deal with a woman and he says, the woman came up to me and she was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he says, now I already knew she was already, already born again. He says, I already knew that was a good woman. He says, but I told the woman, to ask the Lord that if she would speak in tongues or prophesy. Now, Brother Branham says, now you just heard me preach and teach how that that's not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. He said, but I advise this woman, that's what she ought to do. He says, because I knew the nature, why would Brother Branham do that? 
because I knew the nature of the woman. I looked at her birthplace. This is in the quote. I looked at where she was born, what sign she was born under, what family she had, who her mother was. You say all of that's important. That's who you are. You're made up of all of your life's experiences, the family that you were raised in, the mother you had, the father you had, whether he was a militant dad and he was, you were just had a pressure to always perform and, and maybe he was in the military, maybe your mom was not an affectionate person, maybe she, you never were cherished or loved or nourished and then you get the Holy Spirit, you get the Holy Ghost, you meet another woman and now you marry her and then you take inside of that marriage is all of the difficulties and all the grab bag of life and all of the family strains, all of the good. I'm not saying all bad, all of the good. And you take all the good in her and all the good in him. But then you take all of her bad experiences, all the things she went through, the sorrow, maybe lost a loved one. Maybe there was a disease in the home. Maybe the dad had a mental condition. Maybe the the family was poor. Maybe they were wealthy. Uh, You never know all of those things. But when you when you take two people and you marry them, they don't just bring in what you see. They bring in all of the complexities that are within each other. And then suddenly after the honeymoon's over, somewhere down the road, he steps on her on her pain and she, he steps on her pain and she steps on his pain. And then there's arguments and then there's and all of it is because there's more to you than you. And you never cleaned out the channels and you never synced and lined up your life with the word of God. You might have said, well, my family did it this way. Well, that's fine as long as your family did it this way. And if they didn't do it this way, you've got to throw off what mom and dad did and don't sow that into your marriage. See, there's more to you that God wants to clean and heal than just giving you the Holy Spirit, which is the gift, which is the earnest of the the creature. It's just the down payment. But you're being developed into that. And Brother Branham talks about that. He says, he says, you take that, that, he says, I looked at that woman, what, what city she was born in, what sign she was born under. Why did he tell her that? Because he knows that everybody's different and not all of us are the same and God intends and created us to be that way. And he knew that unless that happened, she would always be plagued with this question in her mind. We complicate things, but God sees it so much simpler. And he says, you go down on the inside, conscious, memory, thoughts, laying aside everything with that unadulterated word of God. That's the truth. Listen to what Martin Luther says. I am more afraid of my own heart than all, he says, than of the Pope and all his cardinals. I have within me the great Pope. Self. Brother Branham says, you know who you're, who the biggest enemy I got? It's William Branham. He's always in God's way. If I can just get him out of the way, then God could go to work. If we'd be honest, we'd all admit that today and say, if it's me, it's my pride that's in the trouble, my marital problem, my church problem, my work problem. If I really boil it down, if I'd be honest and lose all pride, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me. And if I would be honest with myself, God could change that part of me. Your temper is not a part of the new nature that you receive when you receive the Holy Ghost. It's part of that old carnal sticky nature. Let me just say this. Rudeness is not an attribute of a a Christian. Kindness is. 
It's not like you read those, you have those be kind bars. They're very biblical. You should eat more of those be kind bars. I was on a plane and I opened it up, be kind. I thought, man, what is this? Well, you know what? Kindness is an attribute of the new nature. Rudeness is not. So when you are reflecting rudeness or anger or temper, I don't care to who it is, if it's your children or your wife or your dad or your mom or your pastor or your employer, when you're reflecting rudeness, you're not reflecting Christ. Christians should be kind one to another. You say, can I have that? Yeah, God can, God can give you that. It's part of your inheritance. That's, he says, that's your worst enemy is yourself. Just get yourself out of the way, then God can go to work. You find out you're the biggest enemy you got. If I can get William Branham out of the way, Jesus can have a wonderful time. But you got to get him out of the way. And a man, he says, a man never knows what it is to live a victorious life until he's completely overcome. Who? Himself. That's the biggest enemy you got is yourself. That's the reason you can't rise up in faith. There's so much pretense. Remember Brother Brandon talks about that? He says, there's a, he says underneath that, there's a real man inside of there. And he says, but, in, but on the front, he says, on the front side, there's a lot of pretense there. There's a lot of facade there. But if you'd ever break past that facade, you'd ever break past that pretense with yourself, There's a seed gene of God down inside of there. And the potential that's in that seed is the same potential that was in Jesus Christ. And so you say, I want to be like Him. That's more than just a cliche. That means I want to talk like Him. I want to walk like Him. I want to act like Him. I want to react like Him. I want to be a husband like He would have been a husband. I want to be a wife like He would have been. I want to be a brother like He would have been. I want to view situations like He would have viewed them. I want to view trials and temptations like He would have viewed them. I want to view uh, uh, struggles and pressures. I want to react. I want to walk in His very footsteps. Listen to me. The potential for that is not a pipe dream. It's inside of you. It's down inside of that seed gene of God. You've just got to surrender to it you've got to get yourself out of the way that's what causes us all the trouble I want to ask you something how many in here you know you got a subconscious don't you we are conscious of that that's the fellow that subconscious is causing you all the trouble tonight I don't agree with this one out there it's scared and listen to what he says it don't agree with this one out here It's scared and backs up. That's what's given you all the trouble to accept the promise of God's word. It's not that faith that you have. It's not that you lack faith. It's not that you're not a son or daughter of God. But that subconscious, that other part of you is standing in the way. Brother Brandon says, but when it becomes in harmony with this one and this one becomes in harmony with God's word, you're going then. In America, it never did just work right. It's so much teaching in America. And he says so many different teachings to one has their own idea. They'd say, now my pastor said that a man was a spiritualist. Well, that settles it with you. Oh, you say, I don't believe that now, Brother Branham. But way down in that subconscious, it's still there. You usually move by your subconscious. 
Just like a big ship going out into the sea. The captain gives orders to the little man that goes down in the bowels of the ship. And oh, he don't see nothing. He just operates this way. Orders come from above. He don't know. He says, steer this way or turn this way or full speed ahead or back up. He just works according to what the man does up here. Well, usually that's the way your subconscious works. It stirs you when you went up here. You're trying to think this, but way down here, there's something else that moves you. Now, I know that I've caught the patients by the thousands on the platform where they'll say, Brother Branham, I believe that with all my heart. Yes, Brother Branham, I believe that. And yet, down in there, I think, God, if they believed it down here like they did up here, it would be different. But they believe it up here, but don't down here. That won't work. This, you don't see, Brother Branham, but he's pointing to this. This here will overrule that. Because subconscious will move on. So what do you got to do? You've got to recognize your number one enemy is you. I want you to pull up that one that's called mothers. I'm just going to go through this. And if we run out of time, we'll just stop. Brother Barry, you just hit the air horn and I'll quit. Listen to what Brother Branham says here. And this is the one called mother. He says, now what does a mother with a little baby when he's sick and fretting? She picks up that little fellow. She holds him up to her her breast and she nurses the mother's strength into his own body through the breast. And not only is he satisfied or is he quietened, he's screaming to the top of his voice. He's all disturbed. But when that mother picks him up and puts her, puts her upon her breast and begins to hum to him, rock him back and forth, notice he feels his mother. His head is on her bosom and he begins to nurse and draw the strength from his mother into his body. He's rejuvenated himself, building up strength and also satisfied while day by day he's growing stronger and stronger. Now, Brother Adam takes time and we're not going to read all of these quotes. I just want to, I want you to, to bring you to where I'm at with this PowerPoint. He talks about how in leadership, you remember when he says when you're, when you, when you start out in life, he says the first love you feel is the love of a mother. And he says, it's your very first leader in life. And then he says, from there, he says, you, you know a mother's love. And, and he says, that, that true mother, he says, that's that dispensation. You truly know, he says, the first love of God. This is incredible. The first love of God that a child ever feels is through the love of a mother. If it's a true mother, they're experiencing the love of God. Unconditional love. And he says, then you move from that mother and then you maybe you graduate from there and then you go into the dispensation of your father. And he says, now he still loves you the same. There's still love there, but it's a different kind of love. It's not a motherly love. As Brother Digg says, in every home there's law and grace. (laughs) And for him, his mom was law because she was literally a police officer and she had a gun, so she was law. And he says, you either have one in the home, you have law and you have grace. And when the child wants something and law says no, they go to grace. But you, that dispensation of the father changes. Maybe he's a little bit more stern. Maybe he's disciplined. He's trying to teach you how to be a man, trying to teach you the way of life. He's passing on the things that his father passed on to him and his father passed on to him of what it means to be a true man, of what it means to keep your word, of what it means to be honest, of have integrity. He's passing all those attributes. Brother Bram says, what is it? That's those leaders in your life. They're leading you to something or to someone. 
And he says, then you move on from that father and then maybe you graduate from there and you go into your school teacher, your Sunday school teacher. And he says, they're leading you. And, and then he says, then you go from there to your natural teacher, maybe a school teacher. And uh, 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 maybe it was maybe it was someone in your life, an employer you go to. And then that employer is teaching you and, and training you. You see why it's so important of who you choose to allow to become teachers and leaders in your life? That's why we don't just let anyone lead us. We don't just put our children anywhere because those influences of who they'll come in contact with are leading them, they're shaping them, they're growing them, and they be, you become who your teachers and leaders were in your life. And he says, then you go from there. He says, then that, he says now a real mother, a real father, a real leader will eventually lead you to Jesus. Sirs, we would see Jesus. And, and Brother Branham talks about that. He says they, didn't, they couldn't take him to anybody else but the Lord. But notice this first love of a mother. He says, now... Let me just skip through some of this. But let that mother walk up. You can't do that until you have love. Perfect love casts out all fear. If you want to contribute anything to my success in ministry among people, but if there's one thing, it's because that I have loved people. And people knows that. You can't, you can take a little baby three months old and he don't know nothing. He's got a mind. Uh, I think I did that right. Yeah, good. He says he's got a mind, but it isn't developed. He don't know who or nothing. The doctors say they can see light, might see your hand, but they can only follow it. He will just keep kicking. <clears throat> and he says his little heels, he's screaming to the top of a voice. Here comes some, some kind of woman comes along, passing this. He says, well, dear, he just kicks right on. He don't know what the woman is. He don't know nobody. But let that mother walk up, put her hands on him. That settles it. Now, they don't know his mother, but his little spirit knows there's something about that spirit there. There's nothing else can inject that mother's love to him. No matter how much the other person loves, it ain't the mother. Is that right? She lays her hands on him, he'll dry up. See, he's ready because that mother, there is a love about her that goes to that baby, that the, that the baby's little spirit recognizes that, and that's a love that no other love is. Do you see how important it is? Now, I want, to, I want you to take your mind to when Brother Random says, man's made to be comforted. And if he doesn't receive the comfort of the Holy Spirit, he'll fill it with some violent substitute. Do you see how important it is that we as parents are reflectors of the nature and the love of Christ to our children? that we are not reflecting our own ideas or our own personalities or our own thinking, but that we are changed so much that it's not our pride, it's not our dignity, it's not what we think is the right way, but we're so surrendered to the life of Christ and we're so in harmony with His Word that when we train our children or we teach our children, we are simply transmitting the Word to them directly. I say, God, let me be a father. How many could say that? Let me be a parent that reflects the nature of Christ and all of my complexes are filtered out. I don't want to pass them down to my children. All of my complexes and all of my, all of my, my, the crooked ways of my thinking or my life. Let me be so cleaned from the inside that I pass the unadulterated word to that little child. And don't let my, the things Brother Brandon begins to talk about in, in Zacchaeus is the business. Can I have about 10 more minutes, Brother Barry? 
Is that okay? Maybe five more minutes. I'm going to close. <laughs> there was hesitation there. Okay, take 11. I like it. Brother Adam says, now notice here, you pat the, that mother's love. He says, there's nobody else can replace that mother. Now, what happens when the mother's love isn't there? Or what happens when the father's love isn't there? Or it's a perverted love or a, dis, or a deformed love? Then you watch children fill, their, fill that void with some violent substitute. They fill it with anything that the devil will give them. And let, let me tell you something. The devil has a million substitutes. The devil has a million substitutes that he can give you. Even Brother Branham, now you notice this here. In, in Brother Branham, even in the very first, if you could pull that very first PowerPoint, I want to just read something from it. Even Brother Branham develops, and we dealt a little bit of this last time, but I just want to come back to it. He comes to this dream that Brother Roy has. And Brother Branham begins to, begins to relay this dream that Brother Roy has. He says, Brother Branham, you were there at the head of the table. It was the Lord's table. And he says, but, he says, but the, the light came in and it grabbed you and it took you and it carried you westward. And Brother Branham says, then, Brother Roy says, then that same light came back in the room and put you at the head of the table. And he says, but Brother Branham, you were changed. And he says, you were different. And he says, and Brother Roy thought it odd. He says, Brother Roy thought it was odd, me, to look different. And he says, I want to put this up here. And he says, I want to, I want to put this up here. Let me just find it. I'm going to display it for you here on the screen. And he says, you went westward and because he was sitting on the east side watching me go. And he says, said it was one morning like it was a vision. Got up in bed about three or four in the morning. Brother Bill, come back. And Roy and I have been real brothers. And he says, till he was hoarse in his throat, come back, bring him back. And he says, he says, here come that pillar of fire coming back or a cloud come back. And he set me at the head of the table and I had been changed. It was a mystery to Brother Roy, me being changed to look different. I lay this up here for something I want to remember being changed. He wrote, writes it on a sticky and sticks it there on the pulpit. And I'll give him the, the, the interpretation of it. And Brother Branham goes through standing in the gap and he tells uh, uh, about how that he was, he says he has a vision of, remember that you remember this from the last time, the bum. And he says, there was, brother, there was Fletcher Broy. And he says, in, in the dream, brother, he says, Fletcher had made me a little spot and, and a little bed to sleep with the bums. And brother Branham's in the, in the, in the restaurant with Billy Paul and he sees that. The, the man walk in, a real burly man. He says, now if that was a man, that was a, that's the kind of man I wanted to be. He said, just burly and had a beard that growed out and just something about him. He says, I was just sitting there admiring him. Billy said, Daddy, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. He said, I didn't want to tell Billy Paul what I was thinking. And he says, then I think they walked out of the restaurant. And he says, then I noticed over, he says, on the side of the restaurant was just two bums. And he says they were had just cooked a little meal by a little fire. Remember, Brother Branham says in that, he says, then the voice spoke to me and says, that's, that's what you'll be. If you carry out your plans, that's what you'll be. You'll be that bum. And Brother Branham was so complex. He developed a complex in his ministry. Here's after the opening of the seals. And then for two months, Brother, the Lord, an issue comes up in his heart. And the Lord's beginning to deal with that issue. He doesn't tell anybody about it. doesn't mention it. 
But he comes to standing in the gap and he begins to express this. And he says, oh, I've been cut deep many times and I wasn't one to kiss the babies and to bury the dead. And he says, I, I had to hold a two-edged sword and cut the, he says, and deal in the realms of demonology. And he says, but I had been cut many times. And he says, and I lost my love or lost my feeling for the people. And remember, he says, would you look at a blind man, knowing that he was blind, watch him walk over a cliff and not say a warning. And he says, how could you ever do that? He said, you'd have to be so cold and so indifferent in your heart. And he says, well, friends, I want to admit it and confess it to you here on the tape and everybody there. That was just about the way I was. And he says, I lost my feeling, called them Rickies and Riquettas, and the Lord told me not to do that. Those were God's people. Some, many of them God's people. They'd serve the Lord if they only knew what to serve Him by. And the prophet comes to the very end. He comes to the very end of this message. And he says, I wanted to bring this to you so that you would see and show you the mistake that a man could make yet being sincere. Moses lost the feeling of his people because they wouldn't listen to him. And Brother Roy, you see your dream? And now I can't go with a ministry like that until I feel different in my heart about it. No matter if God did tell me. But that's, that is that change that Brother Roy, that seen coming. He was set at the head of the Lord's table, but he looked different. What was the difference? Was it that he was born again? No. He received the Holy Ghost. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. Really? You think that's, you think that's, that's what it was? No. The change that he had seen coming was something deeper, something in his spirit that he had ingested a complex and had changed his attitude. It changed his attitude. And he didn't know something had been lost. It's like that woman. Remember in the Bible, Jesus talks about the woman who had talents in her, in her crown. And he says, even if she loses one of them. And he says, when she loses that one, she desperately goes through the house and she gets a candle. She gets a broom and she begins to sweep her home and she takes a candle and she searches. And he says, and she won't stop until she finds that missing piece. Because she had lost something. She couldn't put her finger maybe on exactly what it was. She loved the Lord, served the Lord, was in church, had a beautiful family, beautiful home. He loved his children. And listen, he, lo- he loved his family, loved his wife, uh, served the Lord, was at church. But he knew something in his heart, something just wasn't right. Couldn't put his finger on it. This is what Brother Brandon begins to express here. Something just wasn't right. His attitude towards people. Something's got to change me. Because in my heart, if I go out there feeling the way I do now, I still feel they ought to have heard the message, they ought to have done it, and I don't have the feeling for the people that I should have. Until I can get that feeling, there's no need in me going because I'd be a hypocrite. All these years I've tried to serve him with a true heart and I won't go out there being a hypocrite. I've got to feel that. That isn't Ricky and Riquetta. It isn't this bunch. It's God's children that's in bondage. I must go to them until I can feel that way. I'll just loaf around, preach some conventions and things, but wait. God bless you, each one. We hope to see you again real soon. Till then, will you do this one favor for me now, both here and on tape also? Pray that God will place into my heart that something 
that I lost out there in that complex. It's so easy to build a complex. Like that woman, she lost something. Was, she, was he still born of the Spirit? Yeah. Did he still have the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Was he going to hell? No. Was it going to take him out of the rapture? No. But what did it, what did it affect? It affected his ability because he had ingested something in his conscience, something in his spirit. It affected his ability to purely reflect Christ to other people. And when dad ingests something, maybe it was in his childhood, maybe it was, maybe it was early on in life, most of the time it's pride that will you say, what, is it pride? No, but pride is the mask. Pride is what covers everything up. Pride is what keeps it hidden. But when you can never remove the pride, then it's exposed. And he had ingested something in his spirit that now his reflection of Christ was through a complex. So he was watching through a lens, yellow tinted glasses, and he looked at every situation that way. He didn't realize it because your reality is your reality and you don't realize something's affecting you until the Lord reveals that. He says, pray that God will place something in my heart that I lost out there in that complex. It's so easy to build a complex. I had an interview the other day with Brother Way sitting here, standing in front of a good man but build himself around a complex. Another kind of complex did the same thing. Brother Way, Brother Branham calls him out. You can so easily do it. It's just, you just get a little something in your mind. Keep thinking that way. Go back, here's his admonition, and check it with the scripture and see if it's right or not. And then go from there on. Yeah. Don't lose the feeling of the people. You must remember they're not, they're not made of sawdust. Let me just stop and I hope I have liberty to say this. Mom, Dad, those children aren't made of sawdust. Don't forget that. Neither were you. Let me say this to the teenagers. Your parents aren't made of sawdust. They're people trying to figure it out like you're trying to figure it out. They're doing their best to serve the Lord. They're doing their best to raise you right. Can we get an amen from the church? They're flesh and blood, human beings and a soul. Pray for me, all of you, if you will. God bless you now. We're going to bow our heads and ask Brother Ruddle. Now, this is incredible. I'm going to close here. Brother Branham calls out Brother Way. in that service. And he says, just like Brother Way, you, do, you build a different kind, but it was a complex, Brother Way. You know, Brother Way passes away in that service. And Brother Branham goes, and you hear the tape, and you hear Brother Branham come down, and he's praying. And it's incredible, because I want you to watch the dynamics of this service. Here, the prophet of God has been so transparent. He's expressed something that he's taken in his heart. He's lost his feeling for the people. He needed to be changed until I can be changed. I'll just loaf around, preach some meetings. And he says, I've got to have that feeling for the people, something in my heart that needs to change. Brother Roy seen me. You'd been changed, Brother Branham. You look different. He lost himself, and now Brother Way passes away, and Brother Brandon begins to pray, and he says, Oh, God, you can hear the prayers. He says, Lord, may Brother Way come back to himself. It's almost as if God's using this example to typify or to type what's taken place in Brother Branham's own life. 
And now he's praying, saying, Lord, may he just find himself. I think that's the word he uses, or come back or find himself. God raises Brother Way from the dead in that service. Comes back, starts breathing, heart starts beating. Brother Branham comes to flashing red light of his coming that night, and he's relating. Listen to what he's saying. Uh, that night, he says, then it might have been that I've tried to think of this afternoon that I'd stood here with all my heart. He's trying to make sense of why Brother Way, after he passed away, why, why did that happen? Brother Branham's trying to make sense. You imagine, here's, you're, 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 you're telling this testimony. This man passes away. You pray for him. God raises him from the dead. Brother Branham's trying to make sense of it. He says, he says, and then it might have been this that I've tried to think of it this afternoon that I'd stood here with all my heart, told you exactly the truth and tell you of my complex and make my open confession and ask you to pray that my inside being would be changed towards the people that I could do as the Lord did and to confirm that he still will send me to the field. Before that quote, he's saying, I don't know if it was that I called brother way out. And he was embarrassed. Maybe he thought I was trying to rebuke him. And his heart just became overwhelmed. And he had a heart attack right there and died. And Brother Branham says, no, but this is how Brother Branham makes sense of it. It was that the Lord was trying to show me that in spite of my spirit not being right and the desperate need for me to still need to be changed, yet he would still raise the dead. In other words, he would still operate the gift that was in his life. He would still use him. His ministry would still be effective. So listen to me, friends. You say, Brother Matt, what is that? What what are you saying here this morning? I'm saying, don't use anything for a measuring line. Don't use, no matter how God's using you or what God's brought you through or what God's spoken to you, there can still be something in your spirit that's not right. And God still raised the dead in your ministry. But yet there was still something in his heart that he'd ingested that needed to be changed. Stand and bow your heads, musicians. Could you come? Being changed. Lord Jesus, bow our heads now, God. Just committing it to you, Lord, now stepping out of the way. I know, Lord Jesus, that you have a purpose for everything. I'm confident in that, Lord. Even praying and asking you, Lord, what direction you'd have me. So many things upon my heart that I wanted to speak this morning. Lord, but you had a need to go by the way of Samaria. You had a need, Lord, and a purpose, maybe for one that's here, maybe someone listening. Now, God, I've done my part your Holy Spirit's here to do His part. Can we just surrender now and say, Lord, shine a light into every part of me. Shine a light, Lord. Let it be a light that dispels the darkness into my mind, into my conscience, into my memory, into my reasoning, into my imagination and my affection. Would there be someone that could just say by an uplifted hand, Lord, I want to reflect you and not my complexes. I want to reflect you and not my old nature. I want to reflect you and not my fears or my pressures that I live under, but I want the pureness of Christ to be reflected. Let me be a transmitter. 
And let me remove all doubt. It's that that gets in the way. My greatest enemy that I have is the one I look at in the mirror. That's my greatest enemy. Might have blamed him. He might have blamed her. She might have blamed him. But if we could ever remove the pride, the trouble is not in him. It's not in her. It's not in them. It's in you. That's the true cry of a real believer. To say, Lord, let your light shine down into the very innermost part of my being. Change me, Jesus. Change me, Lord. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you are the potter. Sing it now. Oh, you are the potter. I am the Here's my prayer, Jesus. So mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God. And make it ever true. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be, and may I be like. Change my heart. You are the potter. Sing that now. Oh, you are the potter. I am the clay. Yes, Lord. So mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever. something just with you recently that's happened back home. I spoke about this the last time I was here about a man that we had prayed for with cancer. And the reason why I brought that up was because I was ministering on spiritual cancer. And Brother Branham talks about the life of a cancer and how that it starts with a bruised cell. You remember that? And, And Brother Branham talks about many times that's how he says that's what the life begins you 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 make a bedding ground for life you know complexes have a bedding ground they have something they can be born upon uh, uh anxieties all of these things and i was ministering on that and it was maybe four back in march of this year a brother in our church you know very well he's traveled with me here brother travis he was here last time and he had asked me now brother travis has uh been a believer in our church came to the message i want to say maybe I think I even had it here 14 years, 14 years ago. The Lord supernaturally just led him to the message of the hour and his testimony is just profound. It's incredible. But he, before, prior to coming to our church, he had went 
to church, to church, to church, to church. And it always asks them the same question, you know, uh, where's the miracles of the Bible today? Where's the believers today? Where's the Holy Ghost filled people that we see in the Bible? Where are they today? And he'd get the same answer. Well, the days of miracles are past. That's literally what they'd say, just like Brother Branham on tape, you hear him saying. And, but the last church he had went to was a vineyard church called Seaside Fellowship, still there in Buford. And it's an evangelical church, really, non-denominational. But there was a man there who is now the pastor, the associate pastor there named Marcus Humphrey, who was real a good friend to Travis. Even in those years, I met him maybe about a year ago, and he was a strong, big, strong uh, guy, uh, healthy is what I'm trying to say, healthy guy, um, you know, just had no issues, no problems at all. And maybe back in March or sometime in there, Brother Travis contacted me and said, Brother Matt, will you go and pray with me? Marcus, for Marcus Humphrey, he's been diagnosed with stage four Hopkins lymphoma. And the doctors have given him, I think it was two months to live at that time. And he's, I said, Marcus, the same one that I had, that I'd met in, he was perfectly fine. He said, yeah. He said, he's, he's in bad, real bad shape. And so I went to, um, I shared this testimony. I'm just reading from, make sure I didn't miss any details. But he'd been diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he told by his doctor that he had a couple months to live. And so that was Brother Travis's pastor, associate pastor at that time. And so I told Brother Travis, absolutely, you know, I'll go and pray for him. We'll, you know, we, we'll go lay hands on him. And, and so we went to his house uh, where I could tell as soon as I walked in the living room, and he was there. It was him and his wife, Mary. And there were two, a family from his church. And this family, man and the wife, the, the mother, they had lost, she had lost her son when he was 13 to cancer. And she's written many books about it. She's a big advocate against cancer, cancer research. And, and uh, she was there. He was there. And it's very, uh, maybe a, not the best environment or situation you walk onto to pray for someone just because you don't know these people and don't know the, the background. And, and so I, we just begin to, to spend some time. I could tell as soon as I walked in, he wasn't the same man that was there a year ago. He's now weak, and you could tell he lost almost all of his uh, hair, and his, or not his hair, but his, his, it was half the man he was in size. And he had a tumor about the size of a large grapefruit just off of his neck. And, uh, and so he was not in the best of spirits, uh, you know, he was there. He was trying to be positive, and Travis began to ask him about his diagnosis, and he began to tell him how the doctor had said he only had a couple months to live, and and you know, and he just began to say, well, you know, I know it's a point that a man, you know, wants to die, and he says, and you know, everyone's got to die, and and it's part of life, and you know, and 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 Mary's there, and and it's just a very sad, bleak situation, and in that moment, brother Travis just spoke up and he said, Marcus, he said, because of the death sentence that's been given to you, he says, I just feel like there's, I can't mince words with you. He said, I can't, I've got to just speak straight. And he says, I don't want to offend you with what I'm going to say. And uh, we hadn't rehearsed or nothing. We hadn't talked about what we're going to talk about. I didn't know what he was going to say. But Travis just sat there and he shares his testimony with Marcus how the Lord led him to the message of the hour, led him to a living God. 
and met him, met people that he had been searching for his whole life who believed in a living God, that Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he just began to, I have no other way to tell you other than to say he boldly, boldly declared his faith to Marcus. And he said, I believe you're Christians. He says, but Marcus, Jesus isn't in your dead denomination. He's not in a trinity of gods. He's not in a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He's, he's, I found the true living God. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. You're not a believer. He says, you're wonderful people, but there's more than what you've been taught. There's more. Here's a man as a pastor, as a decree in theology. And, and Travis is just sharing, witnessing to him, witnessing to him. And, and just begins to declare to him that Jesus wasn't living in denominations, but that he was alive and he was living in a people and that he had revealed himself again in the last day through a prophet and restored the original apostolic gospel and with apostolic power. And we believed in healing the sick and that God could heal the sick and he could heal cancer. And he shared to him how that was a fulfillment of scripture and the Bible. And we just went through this. And Marcus was extremely receptive. I mean, you can imagine a person who's been told he only has a couple months to live. He's willing to hear. He throws his degree out the door. He's willing to hear anything. And he just began to share with him. And, and, and you could just tell. And he spoke up and he said, Travis, he said, I, I'm not offended at all. He said, in fact, when you and Matthew, he said, your friend walked and knocked on the door. He said that a voice of the Lord spoke to me and said, these men are sent from God. And he said, so it didn't matter to me what you were going to say. I was ready to hear anything. And he, so I began to talk after that. I began to talk to him. Maybe you could play How Great Is Our God, Brother Matt. How Great Is Our God just softly had that song on my heart. I began to talk to him. And I just began to take, I, I read the message, What is Cancer? Brother Brandon preaches, it's called Healing. And I just began to share with him what a tumor is. And Brother Branham, I was really only sharing, you know, retelling what the prophet teaches in that book. And I said, Marcus, your doctors have, they'll take their tool bag and they got tools to, you know, to try to help you of this cancer. And, and he says, they'll, you know, I said, they'll have tools. And I said, and they, they, if they can get the cancer out, they'll do it. That's wonderful. Praise God. I'm glad that they could do that. That's healing. And I said, but the tool bag I come with isn't those kind of tools. I said, but I'm not going to speak to the cancer, the tumor. And I said, but you have to understand there's a life that's living behind that tumor. And I used Mark 9, who Brother Branham uses, when Jesus spoke to the deaf and dumb man, and he says, thou deaf spirit. He doesn't speak to just a nerve or a disease or the cold or the flu went into an audio nerve and pinched the nerve. It doesn't deal with science. That's what doctors are for. But Jesus said, I speak to you, deaf spirit. Come out of the man and don't enter him again. And the Bible says and he, the man could hear and he, the dumbness was gone. And I began to just minister to him. And I said, when I pray for you, I said, I'm going to speak to the spirit that's living behind that tumor. That's a life that has started growing somewhere it got a bedding ground and then it grew a life just like a baby's born. Brother Branham teaches that in there. And then it grows life. And if you ever want to get rid of it, you've got to, you've got to, that life is trying to suck the life out of your life. And I just begin to testify him. And I told him about Sister Elena Butts at Brother Tim Pruitt's church. And there's a testimony of wonderful testimony. And it was amazing because she was diagnosed with stage four Hopkins lymphoma, exact same disease, same everything. 
And he had, her, Mary had shown me the PET scans of Marcus, and he's full of cancer. And I said, let me show you her. And I pulled up her Facebook. You can go on her Facebook and see the PET scans. I said, here's her PET scans. And they look just like Marcus's. And I said, but Mary, here's her PET scans after the Lord healed her. And I showed her the PET scan. It was clean. And you could tell when she seen that, her breath, she just, oh. And Marcus, they just begin to cry. You could feel the atmosphere just change right then in that moment. And you could feel his faith begin to rise and her faith begin to rise. They begin to weep. We just testified them, testified about a living God. I said, the same God is not a respecter of persons. You know, here you are today in need of the same exact thing. And I begin to, you can feel his faith raise. And we just gathered there in the room and laid our hands upon him, all of us there together, and prayed for just a few minutes. And somewhere we just begin to call out and speak to that spirit, laid our hands on him with his wife and that family from his church, that God would supernaturally deliver him. So we prayed, we left there, had just a wonderful visit with him. And the woman there asked me whose son had died. She said, well, are you saying that, that he has to be healed now? And I said, no, 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 I'm not saying that at all. I said, but I I want you to know that there's healing in the name of Jesus and that there's supernatural power when a believer believes by faith in his word. We left there and, and, and a month, maybe a month passes by, four weeks or so, and I'm sitting in my living room and Brother Travis just happens to be there and he gets a text and I see his eyes light up this big and he reads the text from, his, from Mary. Praise the living God. Marcus has been supernaturally healed and is 100% cancer free. The doctor said it was the most aggressive cancer he has ever seen and then it miraculously was gone. The doctor cried and said, this is truly a miracle. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That man, Marcus, got up three weeks later, took his doctor with him to a Sand Nats, a Little League baseball game, got up before 3,000 people with his doctor and testified about the miraculous healing of cancer with his doctor right beside him. You ought to give the Lord another hand clap of praise. He's worthy of that. So you... We're supposed to go now next week sometime. We're supposed to go and follow up and have a meeting with him. You pray for us that the Lord who touched his body can now touch his eyes and open his eyes. You believe God can do that? Say, Brother Matt, why would you tell that testimony? Because I told that testimony for a reason. Because natural cancer is just one form of cancer. Spiritual cancer is also very real. We preach today on being changed. And you watch how Brother Branham talked about the life of that tumor, that it has to have something to start with, and then it grows, and then it starts killing you and taking, sucking the life out of your life. Watch what happened in Brother Branham's own life. Ingests a complex, and now it's starting to kill him. It's starting to destroy him. And if it wasn't for a supernatural God, and I say if a God can heal physical cancer, then He can clean and heal you of any hurt, of any complex, of any bitterness, of any anger, of any temper issue, of any pride issue. How many would say, Lord, I accept your healing. I'm going to raise my hand today. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to say, Lord, I accept healing 
on every part of me, of my mind, my body, my soul. I want to be whole. Jesus said, I desire that you prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. Lord, we raise our hands now as we dismiss this service. I have my hands up, Lord, with everybody in this building. Lord, we believe that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're the same God, Lord, who discerns thoughts, the intents of the heart. You sent your word, the Bible says, and you healed your people. Healing comes in your wings, Lord. You raise, as Jacob, the Bible says, the sun rose and healing was in his wings. Lord, I pray, God, that you would come this morning in this little Sunday service, this message, Lord. May you bring healing to your family. May you bring healing to their minds, healing to mothers, to fathers, to children. May we, Lord Jesus, lay aside our pride that's hiding the real sickness inside of us. And may a light shine that changes us, Lord, from glory to glory. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Age to age He stands Time is in Beginning at the end. I like this. The bride and Christ are one. time is come. Soon we're going home. Soon we're going home. How great is our God? Sing with me how great is our
things can come back together so perfectly after violent things take place. But Lord, we love your kind of healing. We so love your kind of healing that can go deeper and way beyond the obvious and the, the things, Lord, that we see with our eye. And you can dig deep and you can go, Lord, to those innermost reaches of who we are and help us to understand that sometimes we can ingest just some little thing and it can grow into something, Lord, that causes a great stumbling block in a person's life. And it can even affect children and our households, Lord. And I, I curse that thing today in the name of Jesus Christ and pray that, Lord, you would just continue to bring your kind of healing to us. And that, Lord, you would minister to those people, Lord, that sometimes all we need to really do is just take the, the mirror of your word and look at it, Lord, and help us to see who we really are. And Lord, you're not a God who mocks us because of our weaknesses, but you're a God who invites us to confess our weaknesses and to cast our cares upon you and to call you on the scene as a high priest. You're not a God who blames us because of the weaknesses that we show, but Lord, you're one who invites us to come to that place of healing. And I pray today, Lord, that you would just continue to do that in our hearts and lives. We are a church, Lord, and we are a people today, Lord, who are very soberly reminded of the amount of people who are not here, Lord, who are suffering illness today. And I commit them to you and pray that the great Holy Spirit of healing would touch their bodies, Lord, and just help them to have a complete recovery. May that curse of sickness, may it be stayed, Lord, within this assembly today. And Lord Jesus, we just claim that ground back again. We love you and we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, O oh God, because you made a way for us today to sit in your presence and to listen and to hear and to be ministered to. And now, Lord Jesus, I, I ask as we go our separate ways that, Lord, you would just allow a portion of this to just remain in our hearts. And may we take this spirit of it with us to our homes and our places where we work and we abide. And, Lord, may we share that. And Father, we love you and thank you so much. Not because we deserve it, but, Lord, because you are good. And we'll give you thanks and praise and all honor and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And all the brides said, Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. I watched my father die because he took violent substitutes into his life. He thought he could handle thought he could hold on to that. And, but he couldn't. After a while, it got a hold of him and it just killed him. And all it was is a violent substitute. Those things are real. They're very real. And a lot of times we are deceived into thinking that we can hold on to those things. But I, I just... Uh, I just know that we serve a God who's more powerful than any substitute any person can take take on in their life. And I'm glad I serve a God like that, a living God. A living God. We're going to let you go today. I just have one question for Matt. He's not here. And that is, 
surely there must be a part three. Surely there must be a part three somewhere. I'm thankful for that today. Let's sing as we go today. May God bless you. If you want to stay and just linger in his presence, you're certainly welcome to do that today. my disease.